0: A bit too long, maybe? I
1: don't know. All right, I'll do it faster. Faster, tighter, better, bigger, faster, more. Good job. Okay. Count it in. Three, two, one, go. Go. quality is what makes Cadre special and quantity is what makes it yours. The quality that can only come from picking the finest tobacco in the land and the quantity that can only be guaranteed in complex multi-year economic projects. Cadres good in many like Fredonia itself and sponsors of your committee program.
2: Good job. Perfect.
1: I think one of those is going to work. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. <laughs>
3: La
0: Live from West Berlin, it's the committee program with Julia Doubleday, Forrest Lovett, Fiamma melli Jevat Cassati, and yours truly, Jacopo Castelletti. And now, a man who is in, uh, by the looks
1: of it, Milan, Aron Chowdhury. Hi, and welcome to your committee program. And look, Jacopo, that is some sharp eyes. I am, in fact, in Milan. It's almost like you are a real Italian boy. Uh, real Italian boy just like Pinocchio. He was a real Italian boy, too, as I recall. Is this offensive? Do I need to get off of this right away? Is this this is offensive? Okay, this is offensive. In that case, we are going straight into your global news rodeo. This is the global news rodeo
0: with Arun Chowdhury and Forrest Levette.
1: Your global news rodeo, which, as you know, is a roundup of global events as curated by the show's own Forrest Levette. Let's go. Item number one, three updates on the war. And the first is Deutsche Welle is reporting on the ongoing invasion of Ukraine. Prime Minister Denis Shemal says that the war will cut grain harvest by 20 percent compared to last year's totals. Countries in North Africa, Asia and the Middle East, which depend on grain from Ukraine, have started to feel the impacts. Uh, and I think, editorializing quickly, what the worry is, is that this sort of food instability with some energy instability uh, with a little bit of political unrest can push some other countries in the situation that Lebanon finds itself in. Right, which is almost sort of becoming a failed state and climate is also the thing that's going to drive all of these things just an extra little bit into really pushing global chaos. And I think it's something we should all keep an eye on. Uh, back to our updates. As the news of civilian attacks surfaces, Ukrainian deputy PM says they have negotiated 10 routes to evacuate citizens in designated humanitarian corridors. Following the atrocities in the city of Buka, President Zelensky commented on the situation in the town of Borodyanka outside of Kiev, saying it is much more horrific. There are even more victims of Russian occupiers. I will say, you know, we are seeing a lot of. Her- things going back and forth and people are throwing a lot of words around. I did actually appreciate, and I will probably get some hate mail uh, for this, I did actually appreciate China's response and that they were like, the things that we are seeing is also, is what happens when there's war. Like, there is no such thing as clean war. And this idea that we sort of sold ourselves in the 90s with the bunker busters and with the sort of clean images of things, it's just not how any war is. Not when Russia does it and not when the U.S. does it. Okay. Uh, the pro-Russian mayor, Konstantin Ivanchenko, who was recently appointed in Morapool, said 60 to 7 percent of apartments in the city have been destroyed and 5,000 civilians have died fighting. Uh, that's just an update on what's happening and probably the fiercest battle, which, of course, is Morapool. Item two, fat cat autocrat. Nice for us. I'm glad we're back on something with a little little spunk in it, right? It's hard. Uh, Hungary's Orban wins again. Euronews is reporting that Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban has declared victory, claiming a mandate for a fourth term. The right-wing nationalist and his party Fidesz won in an apparent landslide last week. Orban addressed his supporters in Budapest on Sunday saying, we want a victory so big that you can see it from the moon and you can certainly see it from Brussels. And went on to say, the whole world has seen in Budapest that Christian, democratic politics, conservative civic politics, and patriotic politics have won. We are telling Europe that this is not the past, this is the future. Orbán and his party have repeatedly been condemned by the EU for democratic obstruction and widespread corruption. The opposition coalition united for Hungary said it wasn't an equal fight, and they will continue to dispute that the election was free and democratic. I do want to say when you do see results this skewed, Um, It is not just the kind of machine cheating at the end. It's not just the media push. There actually is a problem with messaging and narrative, and I hope the opposition digs into that because there are uh, a lot of people in Hungary with a lot of really smart ideas about uh, how to carry these things forward. (laughs) Item three, Justice Jackson. Senate confirms judge to Supreme Court. I'm not sure if Justice Jackson is supposed to be, is this a, a Jackson's reference for us? Are we doing something, or are we just talking about the woman? we're just talking oh, we're just just talking about the woman okay got you Got you, got you. Okay. NPR reporting the U.S. Senate has confirmed Supreme Court Justice nominee Judge Kintaji Brown Jackson in a 53 to 47 vote. Jackson will be the 116th Supreme Court Justice and, more importantly, the first black woman to serve on America's highest court. President Biden commented on Twitter of the decision, Judge, Judge Jackson's confirmation was a historic moment for our nation. We've taken another step towards making our highest court reflect the diversity of America. She will be an incredible justice, and I was honored to share this moment with her. Jackson replaces Justice Stephen Breyer, who was known for his belief that the SCOTUS should remain an apolitical head of the judicial branch. However, Jackson will now operate in a court with conservative majority rule that has proven to be anything but apolitical. You just hear me constantly sour on everything with American politics. Judge Jackson seems cool to me. She seems like a cool person, and and I'm glad she's in there. And I feel a little bad for her, but the Democratic politics of we will put a black woman in here somehow can put an asterisk by her name and I just feel like we need to get on this kind of tokenistic identity politics, communications, uh, and we need to really examine how we intersect the people who we want to be right on our team and the jobs that they do without just this really reductive simplistic thing. I will tell you uh, you know as a human of color that there is nothing worse than feeling like the world thinks you're getting something for the wrong reasons. It is, is a deep it is a deeply painful thing. Ha Item four, a slap on the fist, UN suspends Russia. Reuters is reporting the United Nations has voted to suspend Russia from the Human Rights Council. A US-led push saw 93 countries vote in favor, 24 countries vote against, and 58 countries abstain. Russia's deputy UN ambassador said the decision was an illegitimate and politically motivated step. Later, Russia announced that they had decided to quit the council. The US representatives were pleased with the results, but China's UN ambassador was quoted saying, such a hasty move at the General Assembly, which forces countries to, sue sides, to choose sides, will aggravate the division among member states and intensify the confrontation between the parties concerned. It is like adding fuel to the fire. (laughs) Item five, euthanize me, Captain. Canada extends law for assisted suicides. IFL Science is reporting that next year, Canada will allow for assisted suicide for adults with incurable mental illnesses. The Medical Aid in Dying, or MAID bill, was first passed in 2016, but only allowed for suffering or terminally ill adults. In March 2021, the bill was amended and expanded to patients with grievous and irredeemable medical conditions. However, mental illness, long-term disability, or any curable condition was specifically excluded. The new law change will go into effect March 2023 and will cover severe depression, personality disorders such as bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, PTSD, and other mental conditions that are considered irre- uh, irremediable. The eligible will be anyone 18 or older who is deemed mentally competent, can provide informed consent, and can prove their decision does not stem from outside influence. I mean, I think it's easy to feel like these things are really hard to get right, and I'm sure that is true, but we don't have to start over again. There are many places in the world, uh, you know, Australia was the most recent with the reason part are pushing it, but also Switzerland, many other places that do have uh, assisted suicide. And we can see that it's one of those things where you're like, but what if, but what if all of these scenarios and those what if scenarios don't come up very much because people generally are doing the thing that they're choosing to want to do. You know, it's a strange analogy, but it's almost like on the show when we talked about, well, what if every community said they we want self-determination and we want our language group to have its own country? Yeah, that'd be a problem, but it's actually not the situation, right? Like, you know, the, the, oftentimes by trying to stamp out the exceptions, we forget the universal rules and the universal justice behind universal rules. So we're sticking up for that here on the committee program. Thank you so much, Forrest. Do we have any more, uh, any more items, any more news articles? Maybe some with more puns. I feel like we kind of drew back on that. No, we're finished. Yeah, you know, you know what it means when the lights go out. Actually, so we probably are finished. I think we probably should just cut.
0: Ciao and welcome back to our polling update here at the Polling Channel, brought to you by the committee program. Bad weather in France paradoxa, with Macron and far right Le Pen coming within a few points of each other in the first round predictions, with leftist Mélenchon rising but not surging. We will keep an eye on this system. In the Philippines, dynastic right candidate Ferdinand Marcos Jr. is dominating the field at 57% more than double his closest liberal rival Robredo, this proposed poll. And in Australia, the Morrison wave would appear to have finally broken with the Australian Liberal Party edging ahead in federal election polls to 39.5%, leading the Conservative Liberals by five. Yes, they have funny names for everything down there, except for, of course, the Roy Morgan poll. Thank you so much for watching, and stay safe out there. This
1: is Committee Calls Cabbies. Hi, and welcome back to the committee program. I am your host, Arun Chaudhary, and now we are going to get our news in a third and vital way. We have already heard it in sort of article digest form from the show's own Forrest Lavette. We just got it on the committee polling channel in beautiful visuals from Jacopo Castelletti. But now we're going to go where I get my news from. People are always asking, where do you get your news from? And I get it from a wide variety of sources, you know, understanding that they are all biased and understanding what that bias is. I think that's critical. You know, we always want some kind of objective truth to be shot at us. It's like we have to actually do that work ourselves. And I also I ask people – Uh, who do things for a living where they talk to people. And that definitely includes cab drivers. And so we're going to have a new segment that's called Calls with Cabbies, where we're going to talk to folks who are cab drivers, who are closely with cab drivers, who have that kind of rough-and-tumble experience with voters. Uh, And frankly, I'm telling you, a a cab is better than any focus group when it comes to hearing what people think and fast. I've often thought that uh, it would be smart in places like Iowa to really, for campaigns to flood uh, the, the local gig economy market with their own drivers because they would actually get vast amounts of intel and maybe even pick up a little scratch for the campaign pizza coffers. But joining us today uh, from Slovenia, where, as you've heard from me many times, they have an election coming up soon that actually is an important bellwether in how things are going in Europe. Joining us today is uh, Jafim. Uh Oh, God, did I say that correctly?
3: Yes, you said
1: correct. I did. Oh, because I like I correct. wrote it down and then I looked down and then I looked up. Damn, I did a good job. Great. He's joining us. Uh, and look, you are someone who works closely with cabbies. I mean, do you agree with my assessment that that's how you can really hear what's going on, even before we get into Slovenia yeah. specifics? Like, talk to me about your experience with voters and, and, and writing.
3: There is no objective opinion on, on such uh, heavy matters that, than like uh, Uber and uh or politics. It's so uh, you have to listen to subjective matters in order to understand each of the opinions. And then you can decide based on these subjective matters and, uh, let's say, develop your own objective matter. <laughs> if you
1: That's right. That's it, right. It like you, that. You're going to hear a lot of varieties very quickly. and You can triangulate into the middle and find out what's really going on based on any crazy thing anyone says. But, of course. Uh, uh, but specifically... Yeah. Specifically, Slovenia, right, where you are and where a lot of folks are working very hard in an election that will come to a climax at the end of this month, I think on the 23rd or the 24th, this is whichever the Sunday is, the 23rd? 24th. The 24th. 24th, 24th. is the Sunday. And we've talked about it a little bit on the show in very broad strokes. You know, Yanis Yansha is a liberal Democrat in the style of Orban, maybe uh, has, you know, autocratic tendencies, not a particular fan of the free press. Uh, has origins in the progressive communist wing of the party, right? All these guys kind of come from someplace, end up someplace different. There is a coalition, including former prime ministers, sort of liberal folks, more left. What can you tell us about what is what is at stake in this election and who is at play?
3: So like you said, you, you know our uh, situation pretty well. So at stake is either Slovenia, Slovenia was always a liberal country, very liberal. It's the most liberal country maybe in Europe. And also the politics was liberal. It was also left liberal, always left liberal politics. What happens in Slovenia is due to our parliamentary system, which is kind of different than the one you have in the US, which you have the Mm -hmm. presidential system. It's the same as in Germany. What happens to us is that the the parties that get the votes, or the left, uh, left uh, liberal parties, or the liberal center left
1: coalition, uh, yeah, liberal and American yeah, yeah. more it's, than it's, in the it's European called sense.
3: called the left, but it's liberal coalition. It's not left. It's not yeah. communist. you know? Uh and these these are true liberals, and uh, uh, these guys often. Uh, what we have problem is with new with new parties entering each time of the election because the actually the liberal um, the liberal part of the politics is so strong that it happens that that they fight between each other and often a couple of times uh, it it happened that these liberals that were actually voted by the liberals even some breaking the records in the elections with their parties just switch to the Hard right, which is Slovenia, is now has Mm -hmm. the other pole, which is actually a hard right, like you said in maybe in Serbia or or in uh, uh, not maybe more like Hungary or even Russia. So, so uh, these guys have really uh, because of the liberal nation of this country have lit really little uh, support among the people, maybe twenty to thirty percent max with. Their satellites and these guys never won actually the election. That's a that's an objective truth. So uh, and uh, so uh, what what it what does happen here is that in the middle of the term, which we have a four year term, uh, happens that uh, these guys just switch, and uh, this is one of the things we want. You to... You had one of your fix. large
1: centrist parties switch from the center left coalition to uh, the to the right coalition. Yes.
3: yes it's the it's actually quite ironic because these guys uh, like one with with the record number of votes of liberal left votes you know and uh, uh, after i think 2 years the party broke up um the, the the guys with some dignity and uh, and like uh, with uh, political correctness just left the politics and uh, also the founding member of this party which was a really respected uh, liberal person here uh, but the uh some of the the MPs in the I mean the guys from the parliament just switched to the right they did the deals it was uh, probably uh, if you want to say it directly it was probably made with some financial benefits so yeah. uh, and actually these past two years were was a perfect reflection of that was governed, by, governed Slovenia was governed by hard right um these guys i mean nobody here knows Slovenia from this angle that we've seen in these two years it was police repression police mm-hmm. was one of Dominion police was one of the most respected police around here especially in the Balkans where we originate uh we were famous for that we were famous for professional for, for, for professionalism especially in police and now this just came down to uh like a classical political police which is mm-hmm. just like uh handing cases with political opposition with uh with um Maybe with uh, with protesters and stuff like that. You've seen it yourself. You've been here. It yes. was some harsh measures on the protesters. This was never seen in Slovenia before this government. This is. Um,
1: I think this on, is on important. Too. Important for our, our audience to understand, right? This isn't some sort of creaky, you know, kind of working republic that's having a problem. Sure. It's actually much more akin perhaps even to the U.S., I can't, I can't. where 20% is enough to sort of capture the government if you know how to maneuver power correctly. Sorry, go ahead.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not uh, – what is seen here now, We really, obviously, you've seen it if you were here, uh, is that, like, this uh, amazing uh, amount of people who started to, um, uh, like, uh, beca- who became a political activist in the last two years and these are people who we didn't know each other before not even close not even remotely uh, these are mm-hmm. people who who are affected by this government in each like you were starting this with an uh, a subjective uh, opinions you know these people these are people with subjective opinions who had opinions on their own matter for example myself i'm not a cabby driver but i have a really small company who offers software just like ubers just like ubers you you will see it we'll talk about it later i hope um and uh we're offering them offering it to small companies and we were affected like this um we were also affected me personally was also affected by how the school system was handled for example during the pandemic Mm -hmm. it was horrible you know the kids was at home were, were at home and uh I can see the knowledge, uh, I mean, my kids are very uh, uh, okay in school, but I can see on them the knowledge is dropping, um, I can, I don't know, uh, compare it to the, the grades that we had, I went to the same school here, and it's got completely a different time, I was going to school in communism, No was no, nobody was learning at that time, or, or it was a different time, but this is, a different school, but the grades are even maybe worse than we had. So, uh, and I can also compare it because I have two kids. Uh, I can co- also compare the big one to the small one, which are two years apart. Mm-hmm. And this one was without the pandemics, and the other one was without the, but uh, with the pandemics. And the situation was really handled poorly here. So, um, everybody was affected practically by this government personally. So it was. They tried to, at one point, they tried to, like, replace all the uh, heads of police stations in Slovenia, you know, and they affected the whole police. They got into conflicts with all the, practically all the unions in this country, with the police unions, firefighter union, uh, taxi union so there's no and, – and all these general unions that are um, like uh, union centrals and stuff, they, they, ha- they have a conflict with everybody in this country. And especially they have a con- conflict with the legal system because yeah. they – you can understand why. Because legal system in Slovenia is still, still hopefully kind of free.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, it's obviously a unique story, but also we see this in a lot of places, right? A sort of incompetent uh, right-wing government that is not delivering services, hanging on uh, through, you know, through fear, through as much as it can, medium manipulation, but also on exploiting kind of the opposition fracture points and I think we definitely see that here. As you mentioned, you know, they weren't even elected. Uh, they came through with, with the party defecting from one coalition to the other. As this election is shaking out, what can you tell us uh, is uniting maybe in a better way the coalition this time? And what can you tell us about some of the personalities in it? I mean, we know Marion Scharitz, who was the prime minister – before uh, Yansha, you know, uh, before this, this this slight parliamentary coup was engineered uh, for Yansha, was a moderate former comedian, you know, uh, much like our friend Zelensky in, in Ukraine, um, but has now been eclipsed by this fellow Golub. What can you tell us uh, about these folks? Who were you uh, rooting for? What is holding people together? What is keeping young and more left people involved? Because that's our audience. That's us.
3: like okay. What uh, the the main debate here is that the young people that you mentioned, I want to put them first, that are doing all this incredible work here to to, because here it will be, I think uh, I'm pretty uh, confident about that, it will be a record in the uh, in the yeah. election percentage of the people turnout. Yeah, so um, these are all independent young people and everybody's saying these are these guys these are from those guys they are paying buying even by the America by Biden by Putin by everybody but actually they are not paid by any anybody and surely they were maybe in their past or still in some political parties but there's that, that's their right uh, it's not it has nothing to do with their uh, activism. And their free time, which are, they're spending a lot of time. You know, some of these folks, folks, uh, they're spending a lot of their personal time, and this is like huge armada of people. I mean, it's uh, it's something that uh, is bigger than our military, bigger than our police. That's our registered members. So uh, this is not a small scale operation. What I can tell you about politics is is like this. You know, about Jansha, uh you you have a guy there who is like. A uh, lot uh, like him, you know. These guys are are, are you know, lowering taxes, um, raising wages to everybody, free cars for everybody, and stuff like that, which is not uh, anywhere uh, near realism of 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 uh, financial or or any other uh, aspect of a state. Uh, the other guys, what I what I uh, like the most about this moment is the support of people they have. Which is huge, which will be because these new people who will turn out on these elections will not vote for the hard right. These are liberal young people. You know them a lot of them. It's yeah, yeah. hard to find a a, a hard hard wing. Uh, I mean a hard right wing young person. I, I I don't know a lot of them. Um, and I'm from a, a like a rural uh, like a uh, not not from a city. You know not mm-hmm. like from a metro area. This is a rural environment. So. Uh, it's a, it should be a right wing, uh, environment, but it's not still. So, uh, the opposition, um, I also like Marian Sharetz and I don't like, I'm, I mean, I don't know him. I know him from comedian, I liked him from there and I know his government because during these two years, I invested a lot of my times thanks to the coronavirus. Um, I'm sorry about the humor, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I was spent, I, I had the time to do it and, uh, I spent a lot of time researching what the previous governments did and what I like about uh, these guys were that they were considerate about um, depth of the country, which is one of the main uh, indicators of um, prosperity. If you have a high debt, you cannot expect uh, a big, prospe- I mean, like a, pros- uh, like a good country, which is my opinion. And these guys were, actually one of the guys who actually lowered the the depth of my country because it's growing from um from the day from 30 years back when uh, were, yeah uh, he had
1: a good reputation for good government and kind of delivering services competently yes, you know, yeah. good
3: also his team was also good and still is you know the we should we I mean slovenians have now the options because this was our, one of our, um, our sins was that we always voted against these, uh, right wing guys, you know, right wing guys, because we were afraid that they will come actually to power. We knew them and this was now a demo of what they can do. And it's horrible. And, uh, because of that fear, we always voted for the guy who had in the public polls, which are suspicious, um, uh the most votes, you know, the, the most prospect to win these guys. So we always voted like that. Even Marian Sharetz came to power probably because of that. Even the guys I told you before, which uh, fall apart, yeah. uh, also came from that. What is good about Marian Sharetz is that his comp- his uh, party didn't fall apart. They they just grew stronger and, and they're now a really good team. They're doing their story and I like them. I also like Golob guy. Um, like you said, uh, he's a and he's, he's a really in good the polls expert
1: on the center left. He's leading in the polls, but
3: I don't believe the polls. But uh, people probably do. But he's a really intelligent guy. He's also not a politic. He's a business guy, and he's he's very competent. Um, he has he's a doctor of electrotechnics. Um, he 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 ran one of the big. I mean, I think the biggest electroenergetic company in Slovenia. Uh, He was very successful at that and he was replaced by this government. So what I don't like about him is that he went to politics out of necessity. So this is not a good motive, I think. And also he had a really little time about it because he had to pull uh, these people, like candidates, really in a really short amount of time. And these guys are from all points of the country and some of them are known that that were from that party that broke up and went to the other side just for keeping the the parliamentary paycheck you know and uh so these some of these guys are actually in his party and up to this point he didn't like step away from them or said anything about them And also one of the guys was actually a Uber guy, you know, one of the team of the guys who were approached by Uber. That's how I know that some of these people are not good people, in my opinion, again. Uh, Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm not afraid of his personality, his uh, character or his judgment or his competence, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of his situation because I was in the same situation as he was. You know that I was also under threat to lose my business and lose everything that I worked for all of my life. So, um, I I would not entrust myself this position at that situation. So, uh, it happened to me one year ago, but to him is happening now. So, um. He's a good guy, but still, we need uh, like rational, um, experienced politics who will uh, be able to calm down the 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 enormous uh, stress in this country. This country is under a lot of stress. The the hatred is incredible. Something unseen in the Balkans, not here. So I mean, we are in the Balkans, but we feel not like in the Balkans. Uh, like yeah. and. Uh, you know, it's 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 horrible situation, and I'm feeling very uh, delightful that you'll end in two weeks or three weeks.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. No, and there's going to be a lot going on. And I will say I was someone who thought that there was, and I'm, I do have a couple more questions uh, that we want to drill down on you uh, with, but I will say someone who was sort of pretty optimistic generally, as you say, if turnout can be increased. And we saw in this water referendum in which a lot of young people came out for the environment that there are votes and the more votes that come out, the more votes certainly stand against uh, you know, the common enemy. And so I was pretty Uh, bullish, as we would say, positive on on the election, I would say the war has me thinking in a different way a bit. It does strengthen incumbents. It does tend to strengthen the right. And despite Yansha having some ties with Putin and stuff, he's actually, you know, done acrobatics, gymnastics, backflips to explain to people exactly how pro Ukraine he is. He went there uh he wants to accept half a million <laughs> <you know. laughs> refugees or something that wouldn't even fit in Ljubljana. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, it and,
3: and close the airspace and stuff like that. You know, it's not not real, you know. It's Yeah, Trump so again. how is
1: this playing in the actual debates though? Which is probably the only time the public are encountering this. They're not, you know, as you know, as you talk to people when they're when they're in cabs and stuff, people people don't get politics right away from Twitter and talk to each other about it the way we do, right? It's like the debates will be a real time when people are watching what's happening, and we know those are happening over this last couple weeks.
3: Yeah, I mean, people, um, it was, you know, it it was uh, over this this happening to us two years now. And uh, at the beginning it was like, uh, nothing happening. And then it was becoming, uh, like stressful. And then it, it turned out into complete fear because all these guys who were doing this, like, uh, assaulting people on Twitter, um, uh, the news that they're, they're, uh, they're uh, like fake news, like they call it, but they're, they're really fake news. Uh, like, did like uh, uh, like horrible black pr stories on people and uh, like i was one of them you know uh, they called me like everything i will not say it on tv but uh, you can read it on internet they translated it to english you know and these are like all uh, stupid stories uh and they, they did it like to a lot of people you know i was not the only one you know And uh, i had like uh Power to fight them, but the majority of people just were afraid and just like disappeared into the darkness and never turned out in public again. And then after some time, of so, some this after it become because when these guys sense the fear of all the people, uh, they, they they become really uh, arrogant and like they they step over some limits and and people uh, and then people. Uh, Slovenians are are one of the toughest people in the world. That's why we live in the center of Europe. So we're Slavic people, and we came the longest way from all the Slavic peoples. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we we are really uh, calm people, and we don't like to brag about our abilities. But we are really tough because uh, and and after this, start having people started rebelling, and the result you can see now. This is now. Like I said before, an armada of young people who are, like, literally, we will get all the people to the to the voting posts, and and, and what we feel is this that uh, that the general population, not only in Slovenia but in the world, is is liberal, It's liberal, and it's also leftist, because i don't mean left in a communist kind of way but uh, left in a socialist kind of way because we are a social yeah social democracy uh, delivering services
1: to people etc yeah 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 you
3: know, so we are a social animal you know uh, we, that was keep, that what makes us different from all, all the other animals you know we, our social uh, interactions are much on a much higher level than with other animals so i think socialism is one of our uh uh imp- in in like Strengths, it's in our blood. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't mean socialism like uh, in I mean in uh, Soviet Union or socially or socialism in like Bolshevistic Russia. Uh, I mean like socialism in its sense that we want to help other people. We want to live in a community that is good for everybody, not good just for myself and my ki- kids, because my kids will probably not feel very well in a society that will be. Where only they will be happy. I think they want to live with friends who will share the same lives as they do. But I do
1: think... you worry that the war and the misinformation around the war will influence votes? I want to do want to drill in on no, that with you. No, no, no. So you really the think this is the, com- the conversation you're describing? You think is the conversation that's driving politics right now?
3: This is like a desperate attempt. You know, this guy, these guys were posting, uh, like jokes about Zelensky comparing him to, um, Schradetz, which is also a comedian. Yeah, They're yeah. both guys of comedians. Yeah. They share a, a same, uh, profession. And, um, and these guys were two years ago when, the when the elections was, were for, uh, for, for parla- our parla- previous parliamentary elections, these guys were actually mocking the Zelensky and comparing with this sharets guy, uh, like uh, these are comedians yeah, and stuff. Clown. This was this is famous. I can show 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 you the articles. And now after two years, when there is a political um, political profit out of it, they are like pretending best friends. We're helping Ukraine. We cannot help Ukraine, especially we cannot help it militarily. Slovenian military is practically is very very small. We are not an aggressive nation. We have no offensive cap- capabilities. We can also help. Uh, we can all only help humanitarian way in you know, a humanitarian way to Ukrainians, which would be the right way for these guys to, like, um, um, to to maybe get get a vote yeah. on this subject, but not 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 like this. This is like hypocrisy, and people see it through. People are not stupid, you know. They, 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 they. This would be really. Like if some nobody's buying this, you know. They they're more, people are now mocking this propaganda I mean this propaganda. If the, the trip to Kiev, which was I mean, I, I want to help No, crates, no, I understand you know, that. I no, mean, we're talking crates, about the optics that. everybody of this. wants to yeah. help. But but that was not helpful, you know. And then and then that was probably didn't even happen and it was a big um meme here, you know, on the on the Twitter and everywhere. So it was also on TV and all the comedians were making fun of it. So it was not helping Ukrainians in any way. It was all only doing us damage, you know, as a country uh we're losing respect in such uh such uh such moves. It was not we even uh, it was not even in movies with so you make good points
1: that I would see uh, see reflected actually in different ways in other elections both in questioning actually how much putting ukraine messaging when there is not necessarily that much specific places can do is helpful you know like to people because people politicians are doing it a lot because i feel like it's Somebody to get it gained of and center left politicians do it even more because they feel like they have this sort of deficit of patriotism to make up for, you know, yeah. uh, Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, But look, we aren't journalists here at the committee program. We're tacticians. As you know, we work on elections. We get dirty in elections. As are you. You have a tactic that I like the sound of a lot. And I was hoping that you could tell us about it. Uh, A little bit of an online offline gambit that's going to get out the vote. And I will. Uh, I wish that um, the uh, show's friend Annie Weinberg was here because she loves this stuff, but I will make sure to clip it for her.
3: So, um, what we what we did, uh, w- our struggle started with the taxi drivers that uh, came to us regarding the change of leg- legislation for Uber. You know, the change of legislation here was really brutal. You know, the guy who was a known lobbyist for all of the Europe who worked for Uber in Poland. Um, just uh, like he was a personal friend of this minister in the government. So it was done deal. Even the first document that they sent was, had a name Uber and something. Do, do,
1: right, right. Do, the do, logo uh, was still on there. You're like, things. you all didn't yeah, erase yeah, yeah. the Actually, logo. And yeah. It was yeah.
3: in the, in the, in the, uh, between the government, uh, people, you know, and some taxi drivers got to it and then w- we rose up. And, like, we fought really hard and it was really dirty. It was during the corona. We protested. We uh, did a lot of stuff. Uh, like, we've protested for one month, driving and stuff like that. We got for 60,000 euros of uh, traffic penalties from this political police. Uh, and yeah. we, we were doing peaceful protests. And uh, I think we still hold, hold the record in this country for being punished. And... After that, still, we did everything in our power and the law was still accepted. Uh, this was, this is how it became that, that, that everybody in this country was affected because we were one of the first laws that they uh, started to change that affected people. But then they went through all the other right. um, areas of, of, of life. So uh, to the police, everything, so uh, health and everything. So... We lost that war, so they accepted. Uh, they, they they accepted the the, uh, the vote, and I mean, they voted for the law. And then we uh, we didn't give up. So what we do, because we're clever people, um, we can do apps, you know, and uh, we can do apps. Yeah. And we also have a lot of a big community of ta- taxi drivers in our union which trust us fortunately. And, uh, what we decided to do is, um, actually we didn't decide it. We, we were just fighting. We didn't know how. And then the, the, the referendum for water came. Yeah. Which, uh, these uh, young people organized, which was a great thing. Uh, and what happened is that one of the ministers in the government, uh, did some uh, like a bureaucratic trick to to disable the people in the elderly homes to vote because they have a right mm-hmm. to vote there so you have organizations
1: it sounds like the US
3: yeah and then they 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 just 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 disable it and then um one of the taxi drivers one of my friends had an idea let's we help them and uh, we organized really quickly with phones, with everything. Everybody went aboard, and uh, really, and uh, and this was great. So we we like uh, got a lot of people on the on the voting uh, sites. It was also good PR stuff, you know. It was good in terms of um, people coming to the referendum, you know, because it was live, and we. So we kind of that was a great success. So after that, we uh, the guys in who are developing uh, apps here for taxi, which are the same as Uber, um, uh, came up with the idea. Let's do this uh, digitally. So let's digitalize elections uh, for the next time. So uh, let's do an app. We will uh, collect the volunteers. We will uh, collect the taxi drivers who want to do it, and we will. Uh, take everybody who needs a solidarity right on, on uh, the day of the elections to the to the election spot. So how Perfect. we did it, it's quite simple. It's like normal, another taxi app, like you say, uh, in US, um, where you have a lot of them by now, probably. So it's, I can show it to you, but, uh, it's just another taxi app. Um, so, uh, what, what is the point is that we have an app that you can download for Android or iOS, um, where you can order, uh, a cap from special locations where we will, where we are putting it as we speak. So now it's elderly homes. Excellent. We're thinking, we'll see how much volunteers will be, but probably be a lot. So we'll put on hospitals. Um, so everywhere the people we feel that like uh that needs help not just help they what we found out at this during the referendum for water is that people actually like to go out and hang out with somebody you know it's not just about that totally you got a buddy yeah yeah and these people are elderly that they, they need company and it was really great last time and i think now with these young people on board because the Last time it was, you know, these people are doing something, but this time everybody knows we're doing it, it will be an app. We also will be better than Uber in this way, we will have a call center where you can call for people who cannot order with app, you know, cannot move their fingers or don't have a smartphone. Um, so we'll have also yeah. a call center and we'll have, we'll have a lot of taxi drivers covering the bigger cities and in the smaller cities, uh, and in the villages, like, because the last time we did it with phones or with apps, it should be much easier. We will do it. Like we will cover all the, practically all of Slovenia. So everybody, anybody who would need a right to the voting site, we will try to make it happen either by ordering by app. We also have some special software for elderly homes. We can ma- when they can mass order. So we like ah, excellent. digitalized elections. So uh,
1: Now, this is great. This is great, and making it easy is great. And believe it or not, some of our audience may have relatives in Slovenia. Where should they direct them to find out where to get this app? Um, you know, our you first lady can, uh, used to be Slovenian, as a matter of fact. It's, uh, We're very, it's, very proud it's, of her
3: if if they're from slovenia um they they should follow uh, Osmi Maretz. you know them, yeah um this is the this is the main uh, nvo that is organizing uh this part of the project there are a lot of other nvos and um but uh these, we are working with this uh, with these uh, people to to make this project so they have a lot of um they have a online site i can send you
1: yeah, send me Absolutely. the links and I'll put and then we'll put them in the the, the sure. show description so we can, you get can also see chat. the app.
3: It, I think it's also translated to English because it's our standard taxi app, so it's um, so it should be in all the languages. So we can check it out. It's on on market, it's on Android and, and iOS. So that But it's not so
1: great.
3: working. It will be working on twenty fourth of uh, April.
1: Yeah, yeah, otherwise people are just trying to get you know trying <laughs> to get a ride someplace, which is nice, but you know, which isn't the point. Um why th- why don't we plan on checking in after the election and you can tell me and we can see if it shakes out the way that we're talking about how it shakes out. Uh, it it and see have. again at have. street level what the real what the real skinny is. Uh and thanks so much for coming on, Dayan. We really appreciate you.
3: Yeah, thank you for having me on your show.
1: Um say hello to,
3: to your um buddy. I forgot Oscar's
1: name. I'm back. His name is Oscar. Oscar. And he says okay, goodbye I'm to
3: sorry. Sure, yeah. I will remember. <laughs> Comiti, komitato, committ, Committee comiti,
1: we young we submiti, we committee. And now keeping up with the Habsburgs. From the Delta to the Falls, from the Grotto to the newly constructed Defense Ministry Building, nothing captures the rhythm of Equatorial Fredonia like Cadre cigarettes. Never a rough puff with Cadre sponsors of the committee program. And now, back with us once again for the eighth installment of Keeping Up with the Habsburgs, our unique and uniquely in-depth look at the Habsburg family, is Holly Brett. Thank you so much for being with us once again. How are you?
2: Hi, I'm really well. Thanks for having me.
1: Good, good, good. And I'm good. And this is good. And we're getting at something here. And I think this week we're really going to get to the heart of it. So I don't even want to stop you. I just want to say, volume eight, take us away. And I believe... Where we were was um, the family was consolidating land, uh, as they always are, uh, acting as a bulwark against Ottoman. I guess they would probably think of it as encroachment uh, into Europe, and I don't know, being being the Habsburgs. What 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 am I forgetting?
2: Indeed, indeed, that is where we were. But today, I must admit that. I've personally been having trouble keeping up with the Habsburgs as much as I oh. normally do. Right, there's only so much time in the day for research, and I have a newfound okay. interest, perhaps you could say even passion for the subject of prehistory. And as I've been learning more okay. about ancient peoples and ancient sites, I have realized the profound relevance that this history has on all of our conversations. And I know that it might seem like we're going back in time, perhaps 12,000 years to the new. I but, mean, I, I, I will say it feels a little we, bit like
1: we're going backwards.
2: Yeah, well, I can assure you that we will be going forwards because there is a, a line that you can draw. And that we must be able to draw, I think, between the Neolithic and modern times.
1: Is so, it going to involve the Habsburg nose? Is that, is that, is that going to be part of this?
2: It, it will. It will. And okay, uh, I think also uh, the Habsburg castle, right? Because when we look, for example, at sites like Gobekli Tepe, right? So that was made in 10,000 B.C. That's 12,000 okay, yeah. years ago, right? This is much, much older than the pyramids. It's, it's what, 7,000 years older than Stonehenge, right? So how are we supposed to understand, for example, a structure like the Habsburg Castle if we can't understand the emergence of architecture as territory? Were they, are, are, are you saying art? they were
1: in the same place? Is that the connection we're making, or is it is it more tenuous? No,
2: that? no, no. It's that... We have to look at how architecture emerged in the early dawn of civilization. Yikes. Because that is how we can contextualize structures like the Habsburgs relied on during their legacy.
1: Okay, so I'll bite. Okay, what was the first structure?
2: So the first structure that we know of the oldest large monolithic structure is Gobekli Tepe. Now, that is in modern-day Turkey, and the first temples, uh, we believe, are 12,000 years old, although, believe it or not, only 5% of this site has actually been excavated, and it's possible that lower down in deeper layers of sediment, there are even older remains. We don't know yet, but we, what we do know is that this was a ritual site, and it had many strange components to it. So when we look at these sites, they had temples, and we know that they're temples because they look very different from any yeah. sites where people lived, and they were organized with 12 columns in a circle that related uh, to... Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: the columns, the circles, but you know, uh, for those of us who and will be familiar with Angles's much shorter uh, book than I think we're getting from you on this, Is is... Is the point of this that to make the temple and to have a certain kind of politics that the temple has and maybe a surplus, maybe did they find grain there? Was there evidence of farming and was farming bad? I think our viewers want to know that. that right. Was there evidence of right. farming and was it bad? Can well, we blame that, the farming?
2: That is a great, great question. And it actually brings me to this book that I've been, been reading. So here we have The Dawn of Everything, a New History of Humanity.
1: Oh, geez, that looks longer than anything. Yeah,
2: it's David Graeber and David Wengro. It's pretty long. You can see I have bookmarks for where I am in the book as well as where I am in the notes, the end notes. It's very helpful so that I can easily Are we going to have to do this whole thing, thing to notes. get
1: to the Habsburgs and,
2: again? Um, well, yeah, I think, I think so. I think that this book is an urgent read, urgent commentary on today's time. And that I would recommend it universally, frankly. And I think that people will find it a page turner. It's exhilarating and and thrilling as prehistory always is. But they are particularly good writers on it. So it's accessible, I think, for a lay person. You don't have to be a history expert like me to appreciate the book.
1: Uh, so yeah, farming. I think farming was a good point of departure for us. You know, we know the Habsburgs were farmers. Uh, we know a lot of the world is farming, uh, and anyone who's ever been outside knows that farming is tough. Right. So I mean, what does what what does what does this this big this big book uh, tell us tell us about it?
2: So it tells us some very important things, and this is part of the urgency of the book and the urgency of what we need to understand from this book. And so what it argues and shows evidence for is that peoples, many peoples over time, in fact, chose not to farm. They knew about farming and they decided not Ah, to farm. And sites like Gobekli Tepe, right, and and others, they were made by civilizations who were foragers and what we might call hunter-gatherers. Right. So I think Engels, when you look at Engels's approach, or any approach that tries to put history into these nice little compartments, it's going to be wrong, of course, with the exception of Basadism. But that is, of course, a post-terrestrial viewpoint. And so if we're limited to terrestrial history, we are, what we see is that there really are no rules of history, and we can't just think of earlier peoples as more simple than us, and just less complex, or that agriculture alone is a sign of a civilization's advancement. So the notion of having modes of production or different stages of civilization is just incorrect until, of course, you know, we get to look at space communists really in the future. But for now... I mean,
1: well, you're looking You're looking at one now. Uh, I like to consider myself in that side of the world. Do you think, based on what you're looking at in this big tome and the things that you're thinking about, uh, do you think that there is any alternative society functioning? Does the book make reference to anyone who you would say is living outside of the kind of, um, as you rightly portray it, sort of hegemony of choices that we actually have made as a society, as a civilization.
2: Yeah, so I think that the book does think that there are tons of possible futures. Yeah, I think that it talks about how certain civilizations and in our own, we have sometimes gotten stuck in our ways. So the question... Of politics becomes how can we get unstuck? I think the authors though do believe that we could get unstuck, and that just as in history there are an unimaginable amount of different ways that people lived and organized their societies, the future also holds unimaginable amounts of ways that we could organize our society.
1: And this I is think amazing stuff. It is
2: amazing stuff, and I think that you know that's. To bring it back, that's why we have to look at the Habsburg model, because the Habsburgs show us one way, perhaps even one of the best ways, like monarchy, to organize society. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh,
1: uh-oh, we're coming back here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, what I will say is that, you know, as we're seeing Europe in many ways unravel, it does become sort of amazing that there was... Uh, this family who kept so many different languages and ethnicities and community of families together. Uh, there, there does seem to be something special and maybe unorthodox at the heart of it. And maybe that's the point of this conversation we just had. Uh, and I think that it's really incredibly interesting stuff. Um, what what else would you like to leave us with before we close up volume eight of Keeping Up With The Habsburgs and Michelany? I'm going to throw in <laughs> and Michelany past it. Yeah.
2: Well, I think that what we should be keeping in mind because of this conversation and also be looking forward to in our next conversation is this idea that we can formulate our societies to be what we want them to be and that we can really be looking at the Habsburgs for an exemplary show of what is possible.
1: Yeah, and then you're going to tell us about this Reformation thing and we're going to see what happens when a bunch of people decide to change a bunch of stuff.
2: <laughs> yes, we will. That is going to be very oh. exciting.
1: Cool. Thank you so much, as always, for coming on the show. We appreciate your insight and your meticulous attention to detail and to the length and breadth of the historical record.
2: You got it, Everyone, for sure. Holly Brett. Thank you.
1: Bless. Komite. Komite to. Thanks so much for tuning into the committee program. We know you have many options when it comes to content consumption, and we appreciate your attention to this new season with new episodes on Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and at 10 p.m. Central European Time. You can support the show by becoming a member on patreon.com slash the committee program. You can follow committee on Twitter, uh, backslash committee pro, on YouTube, the committee program, on Instagram, the committee program, on Facebook, the committee program, and you can visit the committee program company store at tpublic.com, the committee program shop. Special thanks as always to our team, Javad Castrati, Fiamma Melli, Jacopo Castelletti, Forrest Lavette, and Committee's Deputy Director, Julia Doubleday. Look alive out there. It's later than you think.
0: It's the end of our broadcast day. Thanks for listening. Program in our second series. For more global infotainment from the committee program, click on the video screen right or screen left. Please like and subscribe to the committee program on Sundays at 4 pm Eastern and 10 pm Central European Time.